0: So I'm, I want to welcome you here. You know, last year I gave this same presentation. So anybody here last year? So you, you know, it's the same, pretty much the same story. So you won't offend me if you want to go catch something else, or if you want to just. It was good networking last year. One of the things I appreciated, we did a lot of sharing, and I I learned a lot. I'm certainly not an expert, um, but I want to welcome you here, and I'll share some insights that that uh, hopefully will help you and answer some questions that you might have, and. Certainly, there's not just one way. The way I'm going to present it isn't like, "Boy, this is the book, and you better do it that way, or you'll be in trouble." So, so I do welcome your questions. This is I'm very uh, casual, and as you'll see within the next hour, and um, and if you have a question, a, a rabbit trail, or a tangent you want to take, I'm happy to go there. The slides will bring us back, and we'll be good. How many have been on a, a medical mission and served in the pharmacy before? Oh, wow, this is great. So we're all going to learn a lot. This is a networking time. And uh, there's nothing, like I say, I haven't written the book. I know I know a guy that is writing a book. <laughs> but uh, so we'll share a lot. So I appreciate your questions and input. As you can see, the five key elements of our successful mission are flexibility, 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 and a good sense of humor, just like my travels today. So, uh, so I don't, I don't you know this is not an exhaustive presentation it's just the basic the points of what I what I've learned I guess in the trips that I've done over the last several years and how to do a um, how to do a pharmacy so you know my, my background is I'm a pharmacist I graduated from Oregon State University home of the beavers in 1973 so that gives me about 36 years I guess um, the last 26 years, my wife and I have owned our own store, independent pharmacy in in Lagrand, Oregon, which is up in the northeast corner where Oregon, Washington, Idaho come together. So we're right in the heart of the Blue Mountains and the Willow Mountains. And but I couldn't find all the elk that are supposed to be roaming through the hills over the last four days. But I had a good time with my with my son-in-law and friends. So I've led my uh, lead teams for global health outreach uh, and I have been on uh, other teams, so I have about 20 teams where I've observed or helped in the pharmacy, around the pharmacy, and uh, in various countries like Ecuador, China, the Dominican Republic, and Nigeria. So with that, let me uh, offer a prayer, and then let's get started. Father, I thank you for everybody you brought here today. What a, what a privilege it is to, to get together and share our experiences in uh, short-term mission, work, and, uh, and especially in the area of pharmacy. So I pray you just would use this time. Lord, you give us all 24 hours a day and help us to redeem the time, uh, this hour, that we have together to, uh, to grow and learn and, and, uh, and serve you better and honor you and all that we do and say and, and think. So we commit the hour to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We got to remember that the main thing is always the gospel. Somebody said that the main thing is always the main thing, and that's uh, it's very important that we not lose focus of that when we're the line is long and the crowds are, you know, all the doctors have you know shoot everybody off because they've seen their last patient, and so twenty of them you know rush to the pharmacy uh, all at the same time. And um, you know, we when when we're on the mission field, we're the kind of biggest show in town. It's like Who are these? These people aren't like us. They don't look like us in the countries that I go to anyway. And so they're watching. And so how we act, how we relate to each other is is very important. And I I don't know where if Chuck Swindoll coined it, but I know he has used it. He says, preach the gospel wherever you go when necessary. Use the words. Um, so no matter how crazy it gets, it's important that we remember that the main thing is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And how we work in the pharmacy, how we interact with each other, and how neat and we keep it and all those kind of things is, is uh, observed by the, by the uh, people coming to us. So um, I'm going to break this up into three, three sesh, uh, sections. Pre-trip planning, getting the medicines, and on-site operations—pretty uh, simple. Um, one of my early mentors in business taught me to plan your work and work your plan. In fact, some people would argue that we need to spend as much or more time planning than we actually do in executing uh, things that we uh, attempt. So, um, so start early, and um, you know, use a variety of sources that we'll talk about here. And early, to me, means months ahead, not just. You know, three or four weeks. You know, it takes time to do this, and so the further ahead you go, the the better. In fact, I'll make a case that starting next year's team on the last day of this year's team is when I've found it uh, it works pretty well. We need to be aware of what's going on in the country, and things change. Um, so it's important to know what the regulations and the and the rules that we're going to have to to um, follow. I've heard of some teams in Mexico, I think it is where they want us to buy all our medicines in country. Well, it's good for the economy there. Um, so you have to be have to be aware of that kind of stuff. In China that was true on a team that I took there uh, several years ago. Um, and it's actually we choose to do it when I go to Nigeria because we work with an organization has good access to all the medicine we need. We just send in our team fees over and they purchase medicines through their sources and at wholesale. and so it's uh, you know that's a good deal. We bring some things along that people have donated, but uh, for the most part we buy things over there. Um, so you know having that, in fact this year going to the Dominican Republic uh, just a few weeks ago, I found out, Uh, about three weeks before I was leaving, that I needed to have a complete formulary with NDC numbers, National Drug Code numbers, and expiration dates for all the things we were going to bring into the country so it could go to the Ministry of Health and get prior approval. Um, So, you know, we didn't have any trouble, but it was kind of a curveball that was new uh, and came up just at kind of the uh, the last minute. So it takes a little time. Um, we need to know what their policy on expiration dates are, uh, is, and so that we're following those. You know, we, I've never had any trouble, but I know that uh, because we take things, oftentimes they are short dated, uh, less than a year, almost always six months is pretty common. Um, so, but we've never, I've never had things confiscated. I know that's not always the case, but we need to know what the what we're up to in the um, in the country we're going to. Historical information is really good. You know, if, you, if you're the first time you're going to a new location, you haven't been there before, but somebody else has. You know, that's a great resource. So talking with those folks, picking their brains, whether it's a pharmacist or a or a physician or a nurse that acted ran the pharmacy, which is often the case. Uh, the host may have uh, some thoughts, or even just somebody that worked in the pharmacy that kind of was aware of what was going on and, and how it how it worked. And so. Get as much information as you can from as many sources as you can. I, I've just started doing this the last couple of years, and uh, at the, the last day, Mike, Mike and I and the Dominican, we write next year's order with the quantities we want because we know right then what we had too much of, what we didn't have enough of, what the doctors asked for, what cases they saw that they couldn't, uh, couldn't treat. Yeah, that might be the case, but we're going to prisons every time, and so it's pretty predictable. So so it gives you a good foundation to start from. Um, You know, there's some things that are going to come up, including some of the physicians that you might take along with you that will will determine what you need. I mean, if you're going to see women and and you don't have any... um, Gynecologists along you're probably going to use less although certainly family practice people will do it there you go so you so what you who you bring determines what you're going to use but you have to look them in the eye and you have to say you can't have everything you want (laughs) because uh, a lot of the stuff that is being used in practice in this country is too expensive to take over there um a pint of lindane lotion for scabies, I think, is right around $100 now a pint. And so, you know, if you're going to use something for scabies, it's got to be something else, uh, permethrin or, or you buy it in country and uh, do something like that. But but so know what kind of doctors you're taking, what kind of cases you're going to see. Again, the history, if you have a history from previous time or your host, this is where good communication with your host uh, will, uh, will help determine what your formula needs to look like. Um, the countries I've gone to, these are the t- conditions that we typically see. You know, Pain, people don't drink enough water around the world, parasites are pretty um, universal, uh, upset stomachs because of the poor diets or high carbohydrate, c- carbohydrate diets, uh, infections, uh, sometimes just acute upper respiratory, a lot of uh, respiratory infections. So um, some countries, when I go to Ecuador, we're high in the Andes. Down the coastal plains, they have malaria, but up at seven to 9,000 feet, there's no uh, there aren't any mosquitoes. And I took that silly medicine that made me ride my horse up the wall uh, for a couple of years. And I when I finally asked one of the doctors, "Do you what do you take for malaria? He says, oh, I don't take anything. I've never seen a case of it at 7,000 feet. So he didn't take anything, so I didn't after that either. Uh, we haven't. So if you don't see any cases, there's a good chance you're not going to see any uh, malaria. You don't need to worry about it. Um, but even though the CDC website says if you're going to Ecuador, you need to take a malaria prophylaxis. You just need to know where you're going to go in Ecuador or the country you're going to. Um, the local facilities and knowing what you're going to have to work in is, is sometimes available. Oftentimes it's a a nice surprise, or sometimes it's not such a nice surprise. But um, this pre-trip planning—this is a funny picture. This truck actually going through the, the archway scraped the top of the truck. Um, they had to, it just, just—I mean, it was just, it was scraping paint off all the way through. So that's kind of my non-pre-trip planning picture to <laughs> remind me that knowing what you're going into is, a, is an important thing to um, to realize or be aware of, and knowing if there's follow-up. Care. I mean, is there going to be an opportunity for referrals to local clinics? If you give them some medicine um, for blood pressure, are they going to be able to um, find it in their local uh, dispensing, a pharmacia or pharmacy or wherever they get medicine in the country you're in? So, um, knowing some of those things is is important. Some teams are mobile, and they're you know here today and they're there tomorrow, and so you know that. Creates a different uh, set of circumstances need to be uh, planned for. You can put your pharmacy in in a box. Uh, when Bill and I were in China a few years ago, we had I think a toad or two that was you know 18 inches deep and um, you know 30 inches long maybe, and we had a cross section of our formulary for each of us. We had teams that split up, and Bill was a pharmacist, and one team went to one village, and I went to a different one. So every day we were in different villages and um so we had everything we needed in that in a, in a toad or two uh but it takes some planning so you need to know what you're going to be doing how you're going to be moving around or what your um, conditions uh, as much as you can be will will be uh help you plan and and be a ahead of the game um If you're not the doctor, you need to talk to the doctor and find out what they think, especially if they've been there before. Uh, And certainly this is a case where too many cooks don't spoil the the broth or the soup. So um, you can't have everything, but you should work uh, to meet the needs for the conditions you're going to think you expect to see. Um, So we'll get to how you get the medicines here now. Um So you've got your list of everything, all your different classes of medicines. Uh, you know how many, um, how many you want to have of each thing. And so it's important now to, to go through all the resources that are available out there to um, to get those get the medications. Um, and I'll tell you, my email is on the last slide. I'll send you I can send you this if you want it. I can also send you a list of, of organizations that I have Worked with, and that GHO uh, makes has a, has a list of, of supplies and medicines that I can send to you. And if you want a sample formulary, I'll send you a sample formulary. So um, you can email me, and I'll just forward those back to you electronically. That's easier than printing. But I, I can get to these notes too if they're they're not that profound. But but if you want them, it will uh, maybe save a little writing. So. You, you, the resources financially are probably not unlimited, um, although sometimes we get surprised. We had a philanthropist in New York this summer that uh, we put a, a team together to go to Nigeria, kind of at the last minute, was a real answer to prayer. We were about this close to canceling it, and um, a lady stepped up with $25,000 to fund six surgeons from one hospital, uh, two doctors had been to Ecuador with me, and and four senior residents, third and fourth year residents, to go to Nigeria. And so sometimes you get surprised with, that's a lot of money for a, for a medical team. Um, more often than not, you don't have that kind of money. But churches are pretty, uh, many churches are that are mission-minded are eager to step up and do things. And so there's ways that you can help. But you need to know what your budget is. And, uh, you know, first we want to exhaust all the charitable ways, which can be, Donations. You know, if you start early and tell people, you know, uh, the first Sunday of the month for the next couple months is going to be vitamin or Tylenol Sunday. And so if you want to buy some uh, large bottle of OTC things at, um, you know, one of the, the big box stores at a cheap price, we can use those when I go to, you know, whatever country or location you're going to. So, So the, you know, 250 or 300 count or 500 count ibuprofen, uh, generic Tylenols private label uh, things or multivitamins um, can be you know a good way to um, let your church get involved and uh, acquire a lot of the medications and we can and you can use them certainly on the on the field um. Maybe if your hosts have access to purchasing things, then they have a, a source for in-country and, and splitting the budget by just sending some money ahead to them and let them buy some of it, you know, may work at, at times too. Um, a couple years ago, I the surgical team, the, the people in uh, Nigeria needed some narcotics. Well, I'd never taken um, controlled substances on a team before, so I now have the phone numbers and, and the and the office and email addresses of the two people in the United States that are responsible for short term medical teams taking things out of the country. So if that ever becomes an issue it's I only on one team out of the twenty I think that I've done have I ever done needed to do that, but there's ways to do it and you want to do it the way they say to do it. Don't just take off with your I forget what it was, it was a schedule two um Uh, analgesic, I think, that was an IV drug. So if you need that information, that's available. Um, So again, if if you want a list of the organizations that GHO, who's my kind of primary uh, partner for medical teams, I'm happy to send that list to you. It's several pages, and I can give it to you in electronic format. It takes some time. But, again, one of those things that God just likes to do, I think, uh, this medical team, surgical team that went to Nigeria, I had contacted um, Catholic Charities because they helped us in the Dominican Republic a couple years ago. They had cases of stuff that they were able to get down there. And um, so I just asked them if they had, you know, we needed dressings and things that, uh, uh, gowns and, and stuff for surgical Procedures and uh, sure enough, they had about six pretty good-sized boxes that they could donate, and they were in New York City, just down the street from these six doctors that were uh, going to Nigeria with me. So they were able to go over there and pick them up and buy a bunch of black duffel bags and and get everything loaded in them, and and, uh, it works out. But it, you know, it took some coordination. But just contacting them and some of these, a lot of these organizations are run by volunteers, so they're not like Nine to five, uh, five Monday through Friday. Um, so you have to be uh, start early so you have time to get things uh, uh, together. Samples, medications from the physician offices—they're free, obviously. I, although the costs are built into our um, healthcare system that needs to be reformed, and I'm be the first to agree with it. I just don't necessarily don't. I'm not going to get started there. So anyway, uh, samples are good. Uh, they're free. The problems with them are, is that they're they're like two tablets in a cute little box, and you got you know hundreds of cute little boxes, and so you got to get them out, but you can't. You have to keep track of the lot numbers and expiration dates. So repacking them into you know the freezer bags, uh, not sandwich bags because they don't hold up, um, uh, is a necessary. Well, it's a, but it's a good way to get your church together and let's have a pill punching party, and so you can punch pills. One of the other problems with with, uh, samples is that they're generally the newer medications that um, pharmaceutical manufacturers are wanting to get into the marketplace, and so their uh, follow-up care and getting that same medication again in the country may not be possible or it may be cost prohibitive for the people. So while they're free to get started, they're not necessarily um, a long-term solution. One, but if, they're, if it's a medication for an acute uh, condition, you know, maybe some gastritis or something, you know, we've used lots of Nexium and Prilosec on the uh, team. So um, those are good because you can, you know, give out, you know, two weeks or three weeks supply and, and uh, take care of the initial, uh, initial condition. Um, and don't forget supplies you know when you get there you're not just gonna you know what are you gonna put all these pills in you've got you know fifteen hundred dollars worth of pills thousands of multivitamins and all that what so how do you give them out so having some of the little baggies that are uh, commonly used having um, trash bags for trash and then storage you know we use uh, like to use gallon freezer bags I'll show you some pictures here in a few minutes of those for pre-counting things and putting them into the into the uh, into the freezer bags for uh, dispensing when they get calls. Or this summer in Nigeria, they actually had some neat little uh, bins. And again, I'll show you a picture here in a few minutes um, that we could put, you know, a bunch of drugs into. And they stacked up and and never had places for labels. So it was kind of, it was nice and organized. Black marking pens, Sharpies, uh, lots of uh, uh, pens that... Pharmaceutical companies can't give them to the doctors now, so you know, you can, if you know anybody that's a pharmaceutical rep, you can ask them for them. So they'll uh, maybe they give them to you. Counting trays, you know, your local pharmacy may have. We get them given to us by varieties of companies, so they're a lot handier to use than a paper plate or a plastic, a bowl, or you know, counting them out one at a time with you know, rubber gloves on. So uh, counting trays are really a very specialized tool, but very handy. Uh, spatulas, or if not spatulas, at least some nice tablespoons that will, you know, scoop and you can count things out. I like to use signs for the inside the pharmacy that kind of departmentalize the pharmacy. So, um, uh, you know, GI meds, antibiotics, pain relievers, vitamins, topicals, those kind of things. Um, it just helps people who may be helping the pharmacy locate things. So you can say it's over there in the pain relieving section if you need to send somebody to to get something so uh, they're pretty helpful and you can laminate them and use them year after year so once you get there um, most of the teams that i've worked on we do have do some pill packing and getting everybody involved into the pharmacy of counting out uh, dozens and dozens of bags of uh, 20 or 30 count you know whatever the number we decide is going to be in the in the uh in the bags for that uh, particular site. So now you get there and you get organized. Um, the hosts need to be aware that they need to provide a secure uh, place for storing the medicines. These are high-demand items that have street value in the country, and so they can't just be left um, you know, unprotected, unguarded. Uh, so need to be secure in a room that can be locked, and, and we keep the keys generally um in the prisons, that wasn't too, isn't too much of a trouble. as down the hall, seemed to be pretty safe from the warden's office. So, um, uh, that's not so much an issue on uh, on the mobile teams, of course, because you're carrying your little plastic box around wherever you go. But but in other places, you need to have a place that's secure. And it's best if you can keep the uh, you know at least a table, but hopefully a wall or a window where you can pass the meds back and forth through, because people will will uh, crowd in I was on a team the first team that I went to China to uh, unreached people group that our church has adopted um, I had a lot of fun with the ladies there because they you'd be talking to one and it's all through a translator so it was a trick finding a translator these a lot of these ladies didn't speak Mandarin so they were spoke their no su or e language and so I would talk to the translator and they had to be trilingual they had to be speak English Mandarin and um lenosu, so um you'd be talking to one, and you know you've you've been there, and then pretty soon you got a crowd of you know two and then there's three and they're all leaning over and so uh we were in a room that just had a door on it. we didn't have a table across it or anything, so i'd I'd go over there and get in, front of them, get in front of them and I'd just back them up like that and they'd giggle and they'd move back and then I'd lay a piece of cardboard on the floor in the doorway and I'd shake my finger at them because I don't speak that language. And they'd laugh and they'd giggle and it'd be good for an hour or so and then they'd be right back. And then the year Bill, when we were there, one of the village's when we went to, they had these benches there that are about four feet long and are just a two by six type of thing. And so... There it was really pretty good for crowd control because they just kind of scoot their benches forward. But then you could go over and, you know, get take the bench away, and then you could back up a four foot swath and move them. We set up right on Main Street and, on that trip in the villages we went to, and in, in a couple of the clinics that we had. So security will change each day uh, in, a, in a mobile uh, setup. Setup day, it's good to involve everyone. Kind of the if it's the day before you're going to start seeing patients, you know, the doctors are. Kind of walking around with their stethoscopes, looking for something to do. So we, i like to pair them up with, uh, you know, people are going to be working in the pharmacy and triage and whatever, and just and have be organized uh, to have a uh, uh, accounting pill packing party to get kind of a, a heads up on on the pills uh, that we're going to need for that team. So. Um, you know, having knowing what suitcase all the Tylenol, ibuprofen, and multivitamins, children's vitamins, and things are in is important. So, you know, kind of organize that as we pack it with the baggies and the markers, and if we're doing preprinted labels, which is pretty handy, those things, um, having those available uh, in a identifiable suitcase takes a little organization, but it makes a pretty smooth setup when it's time to get started, especially if you got some veterans. Laura. Uh, is a music teacher from Chicago her husband is a uh, I think he's probably a third year medical student now and they were on the Nigeria team in uh, not this year but the year before and she was a character she was they uh, she provided music and uh, as in the note says comic relief um, she her testimony is actually on the GHO website of what you know how God spoke to her and was able to use her on that team. So if you're interested in a just a nice story about a and you want to kind of show people who are thinking about going on a team but they're not sure if they could be used because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a pharmacist, you know. Her story about how a music teacher could be used is a is a good one. So it's on there it's on the website. Um we, The teams that I go on, we like to have the doctors give out the albendazole um, just because it's a one 400 milligram dose. It's right there that we know they get it. They know they need it uh, most of the time, and so it's not an issue. And, and so if it's a place where parasites are common, then having the doctors give out those things. And, and um, depending on the location, sometimes we even have them do the ibuprofen and Tylenol and multivitamins if I'm really pushing my luck. Um, and some of them like to have a few things that they've kind of acquired because they they know they brought them. You know, when they see a case that they know that would be uh, useful for, then they've got them and can give them out. So um, one of the reasons for doing that is that then when they come to the pharmacy, they're not getting six bags. We give them three and the doctor gives them three, and they have time to kind of sort out the... Um, you know, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing do with the medications. But that's, you know, something that the team needs to decide too is really how many things can you treat and how many bags of medicine are they going to remember uh, how to use once they get them home. So uh, being careful uh, with that and having a, a team uh, policy or some guidelines at least for the doctors to uh, follow and everybody to follow, you know, makes some sense. makes some sense to me. The formulary is important because everybody knows that that's the list, um, and that's what we have. Some doctors are not real good about keeping their formularies, and so bring some extra copies. They can be a little loose, and that's okay. They take good care. They have their role, and we have ours. Um, So, um, and you can update things. At the end of the day, we like to debrief and talk about interesting cases or people stories of faith that you know uh, things that happened in the day, but then. Uh, at the end, either end of the day or the beginning of the next day, updating the formulary, with we're out of this, or we're not using any of this pain reliever. I didn't, Maybe you don't realize that we have it, even though it's on the list. So you, know, you can um, steer the utilization a little bit, uh, as long as there's obviously a need for it uh, in the um, patients uh, that you see. Um, if you want a sample formulary, I'm happy to send one to you. It's all laid out in boxes, and you can edit it and you can use it however you want, so I can send you some of those. Again, if you'll send me an email, I'll be happy to forward that uh, forward that to you. Um, when you get there, or, uh, like I think I mentioned already, laying things out by therapeutic class makes them easy to find. Um, you always end up with a miscellaneous section. You got, you know, one bottle of promethazine and one bottle of prednisone, and you know, some things you only have one of's. But, but uh, you can find a uh, place for the miscellaneous section too. Um, I've I've always let my host country know that I'd really like shelving, and they're, you know, they like to, if they know you need it, they're pretty happy to get it. Uh, Uche in Nigeria's. Uh, whenever he has a hospital has some old shelving that we can use in the pharmacy, he's proud as punch to bring his boys hauling in the the shelving units. But that first picture on uh, one of the first slides that showed all the medicine in little cubicles, I mean that was like a dream to be able to see things and you know organize, know what you got. You could it was they were deep so you could put actually your whole inventory there. You didn't you didn't have to keep some in the back and keep restocking your the shelving so uh, when you started to get low on a on one of the medicines you knew you're low because this was all there was. But uh, shelving can be some uh, um, pill bottles or those like juice cans or bricks and pieces of board you know that you can stack up you just use so much uh, much more efficient use of space uh, using some boards and, and bricks or, or soup can or tall cans of some kind. Um but we work pretty well out of suitcases, don't we Michael? <laughs> and uh so you got your cardiovascular suitcase and you got your GI suitcase and that works okay too. Um having some uh, a good system for your prepackaged meds is uh you know is a, is a, is important. This this picture is from uh, Nigeria and uh it, of course it's stretched a little bit to make it fit the the uh frame but um, this was a cardboard box that we taped dividers into and had little cubicles that were labeled what it was and it worked okay. We had to be very careful. It was really real easy to get a you know the, grab the wrong thing if, if you threw something back and didn't get it in the right cube in the right little container. Over there to treat malaria, the poor people get uh, vitamin C, B complex, folic acid, iron, multivitamins. And sometimes another, you know, uh, vitamin or something or two. Somebody needs to invent one pill that'll take care of all those things in it. But uh, so they got, walk out with bags of multiple bags of things to treat a, uh, the anemia caused by their uh, malaria. They're also using things to treat. There's some newer drugs the last couple of years. Artesunate, I think, is one that we use lots of to treat the the actual infection. Labeling things well is important and um, this is the this is the bins that I was talking about that we had this year in Nigeria, and so they're labeled, they're stackable, they nest well together to go in the totes. Um, piece of tape and a, and a, some letters on there uh, it will tell you what your what the uh, what the medicine is, and then the you know the gallon Ziploc bags that are just a way to stay ahead of the crowds because you're going to see hundreds of patients and and uh, every day. Um, using the interpreters is, is, uh, you know, a good thing. These, uh, this Nigerian guy is a logistics man, but, uh, he, uh, has worked on enough teams. They have teams out every other week over there with pro health. And so he's done a lot of instructing people on how to use, to take their medications. So it's an important, uh, real important to, to use them so people understand how to, how to use the medication. Um, it's also real affirming to try to learn some of the local languages. Um, you know, I've been to Ecuador numerous numerous times, and so I've learned how to say "Tomé una tableta dos veces al día." And and you know, that's close. It's probably not perfect Spang- Spanish. I know that, but but the people get it and they appreciate it. And I always have my translator right here to make sure that that uh, the lady understood what I was trying to say to her. So they get a they just—they sometimes they have a deadpan look on their face, and you know you didn't get through to them. And so then the translator, of course, needs interpreter needs to uh, tell them what to, how to use the medications. This uh, this summer I had a pharmacy student. I've had I've had a lot of fun with taking pharmacy students on teams. They have begun to sign up because they know I go on several teams a year. Pick the rotation site around when I'm going to be going someplace. And this summer I had. Uh, Leanne uh, Soboda from uh, Oregon State University was speaking Hausa, a tribal language of the, one of the tribes in Nigeria. Um, so she learned how to say, you know, once a day, twice a day, um, you know, how apply this cream, and and she had the translator's teacher. And, and again, she kept the translator right there so that they were getting the getting it right. But the people just loved it. I mean, here's this short little blonde. She's about this big, you know, telling them in their own language how to use medication, and it was, uh, it was, it was great. Um, if you can have a private place or a corner you can get to to talk about some of the more personal medications, like, you know, rectal use or vaginal use or, you know, STD uh, infections and those kind of things. Um, Oftentimes, we'll just bring them around the corner from the window just inside the door of the pharmacy where nobody else comes, and then uh, one of the translators, again, will take care of the uh, instructions on how to use that, uh, the various medications. So being respectful in uh, these countries is also uh, very important. So, you know, when it gets crazy and the crowds are, you know, wanting their medicines, you know, again, we have to keep in mind that the main thing is, Always uh, always the main thing. And as 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. think about aroma, it doesn't take much. The molecules that, you know, aromatherapy or when you put on a, a perfume, or it's, it's, uh, it's not a shovel full or anything, a tablespoon, it's just a few drops. I think it's true for the gospel. You know, it only takes a, the eyes of the window of the soul, and when we can smile at people, and we may not communicate verbally with them, but the love that they uh, see in our, in our eyes and in our, um, that comes from our heart um, is, of course, the main thing. There's my contact information. Um, I'm there, or they know where I am if I'm not there, um, and I'm happy to you know, help in any, any way I can. Um, you know, I've even thought I need to check with the Board of Pharmacy to make sure. But I think as long as I had a physician, you know, affirming that you're going on a, um, you know, with a copy of an active license that I can sell, I could sell medications to you. So costs plus a 5% or something to handle shipping or something. So if you can't find them someplace else, you know, I'm happy to fill in around as long as the Oregon Board of Pharmacy is okay with that. Uh, doing that, so, but I'd need some documentation from your medical director. Ron, Any, does that sound like it's a problem? I honestly don't know. Okay. So I'll I'll check with the Board of Pharmacy, but that kind of is the last, after you've gone through all the other resources and you can't get anything anywhere else or don't have a local pharmacist that would do it because it would be shipping to get it from Oregon to where you are. Um, I'm happy to explore that. I should have done it before I came. All right. that's what I had um, questions comments suggestions yeah if you'll email me I do have a list and I'll send it to you uh, there's a there's a extensive list that GHO has that's oh it's like eight or nine pages and it's, it's more than medicine it's medical supplies it's medical equipment it's all kinds of things but it's a resource that they've just collected and and I know that that's uh, part of, um, you know, their offering. And I've checked with them, and they're, gonna, they're happy to share it. So. Could you put your email back? Oh, sure. I can what figure out. Excuse me. Global
1: health,
0: global health. I'm sorry. Yes, global health outreach. Let's see if I can get to that. That's a different one, but it's this oh, this is the one land. Jeez. B. Coulter at E O N I, Eastern Oregon Net Incorporated. Yes.
1: Um, when you take residents to these mission trips and how much therapeutic substitutions do you have to do? Because I'm sure they're used to like the expensive medicine that we use here and once they go out into the fields and maybe all the antibiotics we have with like, maybe that was circulac and not like the maplib or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So do they actually have a protocol to substitute pushing
0: drugs, or? No, well, but well, they have a formulary, so they know what the list is. They can write whatever they want, but if it's not on the list, it's not going to be there. So, so, and there is um, handbook. What's that handbook for medicine? medicine is developing countries. Yeah, and so it gives them guidelines, and that's something that as they sign up for the team, you know, again, I'm speaking from global health outreach perspective, but that book is out in the. It's it's not a GHO book. Yes, sir. One of the questions that, that all teams have to answer is if you have a, a formulary,
1: how much? And that's one that, it, it, it's difficult to answer. It depends upon the number of prescribers and also
0: the amount of experience that your prescribers have mm-hmm. in involvement in primary care clinics in developing countries. Mm-hmm. So the more experienced physicians or even Nurse practitioners or, or physician assistants will see a lot more patients than the neophyte on the feet. Mm-hmm. So this is a big question. Sure, and it's and that's why you you take your best guess and you go and you pray that that's enough. And if it's not, we'll see. senora. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dr. Jorgen with Best Practices Group. Very, uh, very good talk. Really appreciate it. Just a, a couple questions. Sure. Uh, first of all. Do y'all do anything in terms of talking to people about prevention as a group? I know it's oh, yeah. not necessarily be a pharmacy type of thing, but if people keep on coming with oh. the same problem, it might be a great opportunity to talk about prevention. And the second question is, um, just in terms of how do y'all relate to the WHO guidelines for donated drugs and, and some of their uh, recommendations? Um, I Thank you for trusting me to remember two things. That's, I appreciate that. Um, the only things that, Ron, you may know WHO better than I do, but I know one of their recommendations is, is expiration dates of not less than a year. So we, if the company countries will let us bring it, you know, we go ahead and bring them. So we don't, uh, and we try to use them up. They're, we try to bring the amounts, not excessive amounts, so they sit down there and, and get it go, exp, go expired. But again, just what you're alluding to, it's, it's a, uh, Oh, it's it's a Christian group. It's a crapshoot, but you guys all know what that means, so that's okay. So so we do the best we can, and we know our hearts, and and, um, so we're not trying to do anything inappropriate. Um, Community health education. There's a a website that is free, and I'd be happy to share it with anybody, and we um, have been challenged as team leaders with GHO to do just exactly what you're talking about, and that is uh, to try to prevent... And teach good practices for healthy living in these uh, developing countries, so that they don't get sick and they don't um, need the, even much of the medications that we bring. That'd be ideal. Of course, healthcare has been trying to work ourselves out of a job for you know centuries, and we're not there yet. But there's um, like 53 different lessons that are all done. The materials prepared. It's it's written in. There's a graphic form that you can put into a. A notebook, we did this last year in uh, Ecuador, and we saw 1,300 people we kept track of. As they were waiting to see doctors, there would be a group of people lined up in chairs, and two of the people, a translator and, a, and a, one of the people had prepared the notes, would um, or copied the notes and read them, would sit down and say, can I share some information about how to live better? And so they would uh, just share for whatever, however long it, they had, maybe three or five minutes. And they, they picked out, we asked before we went, what are the five or six Things that if we focused on, we can't do all 53, but what are five or six that we would uh, could focus on? And So we came prepared to do that with laminated or, I guess, uh, sheet protected papers that we flipped through. So it's done in Spanish, it's done in Chinese, and there's in English, of course, um, and then there's pictures, so you can just point at the pictures and they're graphic. And so, again, send me an email if you want that information. And I think I take it as a personal challenge when Sam Malin, Dr. Malin, Community Health Education, if you ask me for that, I'll get you the website.
1: Arnie Gorski, the yeah. public health physician, has put these together, and they are available on the website, and you can download them. You yep. can request a, uh, a CD and get them on that. Right. Uh, but I always take, when I take pharmacy students with me, uh, part of their preparation is they have to prepare. They have to go and use that, use the pictures, and then prepare two talks that they will give. Oh, good. Um, uh, while they're there, um, and usually they're given repeatedly, but but um, so um, you know, I'm trying to get pharmacy more involved in that. Students, That's um, good. The teams are real good about the nurses doing that while patients are waiting in lines, and some of the other um, logistics people on teams. But I'm trying to get my students involved yep. in doing that too, and, and uh, it is available. Um, yep. On the web.
0: Yep, that's a web thing, and I can send you the website if you'll ask me for it.
1: a so. website.
0: You can print off the pages. They're like, they're eight. And it's just like one, two, three, four, five. And they're pretty, you know, if you come back from the bushes, then go wash your hands kind of pictures. So, yes. Well, yeah. So there's a good pharmacy student project, Ron. I've actually brought some home from China the first time because I had the same question. That was like six years ago or something. But but the reality is that most of the medicines we take in America are made in foreign countries. They may not be in these developing countries, but Eastern Europe, India, China, Pakistan, I mean, there's there's a lot of the generic houses are over there because the cost of labor and production is Lots so cheap. Of all over Africa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it'd be the only way to, that I would know to do it would be to bring home some packages one year, find somebody that will do uh, make a, quanti- a qualitative analysis of it or quantitative analysis. I guess you need both, so because you need to know what it is and how much is there. Yes, sir. The only way you can really be sure. Is- find a source that does independent assays on every lot of medicine that they have in stock. Yeah. That's what we do. Good. So we need need to name that source. Other questions? What
1: organizations or organizations do you you use when you go on these trips?
0: To get the medicines? No,
1: just to collectively get
0: Oh, well, there's a lot of them, and they'll be here. I mean, if you've not been, this is your first time here? Yeah. Good. You're going to have a ball, because there's like a, uh, there's a county fair. That's right. There's a county fair of organizations, um, (laughs) and they'll all want you. (laughs) The way, you know, I'm, again, most familiar with Global Health Outreach, which is a department of the Christian Medical Dental Association. So they're just one of however many dozen of departments there are at CMDA. So they, the way it works is a, a host country, a host organization in a country not the whole country, but somebody, a missionary or a church or somebody there says, we want to have a medical team come. So there's a packet of information they fill out, they get qualified, there's a site visit that takes months to a year. And then um, GHO kind of acts as the facilitator, I guess you will, of pulling a team together. So they post it on the website, they list, you know, the dates and where they're going, so um, you yeah, that and there's other organizations that do the same kind of thing, at, you know, all different levels. Ron?
1: I, I would just say that GHO is actually an official partnership of CMDA, the parent organization, but they also partner with Nurses Christian Fellowship, with yeah. Christian Pharmacists, with the fellowship of Christian PAs mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the Christian Dental Association, they all partner together to form GHO. Right. And so, you know, w- the Christian Pharmacy recruits pharmacists for the team. The nursing group recruits nurses. And so, you know, GHO is a, is actually, you know, the, the housed within CMDA, but it is actually an official partnership of all those organizations. Good. And so they work together to recruit complete people.
0: Right, and they have um, practice. What do you call them? Practice specialists, or people that are focused, like physical therapy, uh, all the things Ron listed too. I got home. um, We got time for a short story. Um, About three years ago, in Ecuador, maybe it was just two years ago. um, Lady. And her husband brought in their 22-year-old daughter that had had a viral infection. She was paralyzed from the neck down. She's 22, and she weighs 120 or 30 pounds. And they don't have any way to get around except for Dad to carry her. Well, Dad's got a farm. She was uh, not able to, she was incontinent, and so they were not able to, um, Mom wasn't big enough to get her to the latrine or take care of her anyway, so she was constantly soiling herself. so she came in asking for help with how to maybe catheterize, learn to catheterize. So that after the doctor determined that's what she needed, they were she was looking for some supplies to teach her mom how to catheterize her daughter. As they developed a relationship in the exam tent, um, mom really op- finally opened up and said, you know, really what I want to do is I, I want to take my daughter's life and then commit suicide because it's just ruining our family. You know, she's just a real burden to us because we don't have any way to get her around. That was the problem, and she didn't, you know, I guess didn't think about asking for a wheelchair. So we, uh, the church we work with there had a um, storage room, and I'd seen this, It's not, it was a transport chair, had about eight-inch wheels, it wasn't a wheelchair, but it was a chair that had wheels, and so we got it on a bus and got it down there and got the family and had just a wonderful, uh, you know, we temporarily fix the problem, but I got home, and that's where the story is, this practice specialty. I had an email from Rick Sherman, I think his name, and Rick s- sent out to all the team leaders, you know, we have a standing 200 wheelchair per year uh, commitment from uh, Johnny Erickson Todd's ministry for teams to take uh, where they go, and so there was another team going down a few months later, and we were able to... Uh, get a wheelchair and get it to the team and they took it down and got it to the family and family now has joined a church that, you know, there wasn't an evangelical church when we first started going to this little town and now there is one there And so now they're part of a church and last year when we were there the dad gave a testimony of how, you know, these things um, um, had worked to really change his, his whole family well, you know, I think God lets us lets us see, if, you know, a tenth of one percent of the good that you all do when you go out and do these teams and that's just one thing that we got to a glimpse at. But it's where the practice specialties had come together under GHO's umbrella to um, get these teams out. Yes, sir? Do you uh, take any rapid acid tests or inhalers for asthma? We take uh, some albuterol when we can get them donated, but to buy them at 30 bucks a piece is cost prohibitive. Um, we have taken nebulized... Uh, a nebulizer and taking some albuterol along, so we'll do a treatment in the clinic. Um, what was the first question you asked? Rapid acid. Oh, rapid. Um, for malaria? Yeah. For HIV? HIV, we do. We have a HIV kit that has um, quick tests in it so we can check and see if there's an accidental needle stick. And we've had two in the years, and they were both negative, thank God, but they were, we had them. No other questions? If you email me with any of the um, things that I can, materials I can provide, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Thank you, those are good questions. Uh, We'll do it again and go out and remember the main thing's the main thing.